Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Joel Madden, and this is Artist Friendly. And on today's episode, I'm talking to Noah Sebastian from Bad Omens, one of my favorite bands. I'm really excited to talk to him, really excited to hear about his process in making records and Bad Omens, where they're at and where they're going. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. What's up, Noah? How you doing, Dan? Good, man. Thanks How are for you? coming. Dude, thanks for having me. How's it going? It's really good. I, I love this rig. I love Thank this you. setup. This yeah, the dope backdrop. Thanks, man. We we're we're uh, it's cool. I like it feeling a little bit like kind of like home a little bit. It feels like my office at home feels a little bit like this. But how long you been doing this? Um, it's kind of new, right? It's kind of new. All the in the beginning of the year, like January. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing it for half a year or more. Nice. Yeah, nice. It's good. That's awesome. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you. Uh, but, you know, Bad Omens is one of my favorite bands. Just, I think you guys are one of the best modern bands. Thank you. Out there. <laughs> um, that's actually doing, you know, I think that you guys hold a place in heavy music and in rock music in general, not just heavy music, but rock and rock as a total kind of category of music. But I think that you guys, where you may get grouped in with heavy music, I think you guys are just an incredible rock band. Well, yeah, like rock is like evolving, yeah. you know, it's like, it's really evolving right now with, I feel like it's getting more mainstream again, like the way it was in like the early 2000s. And what might've used to been considered heavy now is more accepted. It's like a mainstream yeah. that more people can, can, can tolerate heavier music than mm -hmm. they used to. Cause I think when you think about heavy music back in the day, so right. certainly when I was in the, in the nineties coming up, when I first was forming my like relationship with rock music heavier music was really kind of pushed into one category. Right. And now it feels like there's less genres and more just like, you guys are a rock band, mm -hmm. you make heavy music, but it's not all heavy. There's yeah. a lot of melody in your music. There's a lot of songwriting. Yeah. I know you're a very experienced songwriter. The songs are good. Yeah, <laughs> that's they're important. good songs. Structurally, <laughs> they're like good songs. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard to find that that balance of like trying to make something that feels like it was written by like a professional songwriter without it feeling like commercial or like copy and pasted or just yep. manufactured, you know, while like still having that emotion or realness and like also like experimentation as well. Um, so yeah, that's like, that's kind of where I draw influence from just a lot of like abstract artists that are kind of under the radar or alternative artists, you know, versus like something you would hear on the radio or at the grocery store, yeah. you know, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that's my favorite part about making rock music is like tr being a part of whatever its history is, like w in the future, like today is going to be the, the history of rock at some point. Yeah, you're authoring a legacy. Yeah, and I don't, I, don't, I don't think I realized that until recently. And I, I take a lot of pride in that, you know, like especially with like the success of this album and just seeing like how quickly it's been happening since the Death of Peace of Mind came out. But so I hear the word quickly and to me, I'm careful with that word Yeah, because it feels like it minimizes what I think is, you know, this is your third album and it's a lifetime of work. Yeah. So it's a lifetime of living and a lifetime of writing these songs and trying. Mm -hmm. Now the quickness of it is maybe how quickly it tips, Right. but the, the roots of what you guys have done, in my opinion, um, as a fan and as someone who's gotten to be close to it, um, 
and see you guys do it. This, so there's a lot of things I think to, to, to point out. And that's what I do. <laughs> I like to analyze things. Yeah, me too. I like to figure out how people did what they do. That's like my greatest weakness and my greatest strength. Overanalyzing. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. My, my family gets really tired of it. <laughs> um, but it's important because anyone out there that's listening to this right now likely is building something of their own, whether it's a band or they're a songwriter or a producer or they're just building a business or they're just trying to build a life. Yeah. Um, these are metaphors for everything we do. How we do one thing, we do all things, right? Like, so when I look at you guys as a, as a band, live, incredible, music is good. Now, if I look at you guys as an organization, people that are working together to achieve a common goal um, in an organized way. That's what you have to do to succeed, in my opinion. So a lot of bands, like, if they say they're not doing that, they are doing it. They just don't want to accept they're doing it. And if they didn't care about success, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. So if we want to grow, we want to have some success. Yeah, of course. Um, our versions of that success will be different. But so you left home at a young age. How yeah. old were you? 17 16 I feel like 15 15 okay really young probably yeah it was crazy i have a 15 year old when i think about yeah that that's crazy yeah i was i was on my own at 15 i would i bounced back every now and then when it was like convenient or i was like yeah. i needed it or my friend's parents like were like okay you've been here a while because i left home a few years later than that but but at a young age yeah. you know uh and 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 again in a time when there was no iPhones. It wasn't. It wasn't easy to move through the world. It was just like right. literally like hitchhiking and finding rides and doing. It feels like just as dangerous, you know, just as risky as it is convenient. Yeah. Like a teenager now with the iPhone probably have an easier dangerous. time being independent, but also easier time getting much tricked. risk. Yeah. Getting kidnapped or something. Yeah. Getting you know? catfished or getting tricked or you getting. I thought the other day about this. It was interesting. I remember when I was in school and stuff, and like. I feel like I came up around the time the internet was starting to get normalized, like MySpace and stuff. Right, social right, right. media that was, was more a definite time. And I feel like a lot of people were talking about internet safety back then, and like security and internet privacy and stuff. Like in school, yeah. and you're like parents and everyone, like people were afraid to put their credit cards on the internet. Yeah. And now it's like I don't know if that. I mean, I don't have any. I'm not in high school now, but like I wonder if that's still a thing. Like you. You have a kid. You have kids. So it is a thing. Are they still even like thinking about that? They are, but this is how kids are too smart now. Yeah. So they know already the danger. Yeah. They're already aware of it. Like some, there are the cases where people say this kid got. There's no doubt that there are predators out there, and they are trying to talk to your kids. No doubt. Right. What I'm saying is, is that the kids have grown up with this. They yeah. understand this. They know they're smarter than the adults. They, there's most of the time, yeah. like. And you always say it as a parent and they're always like, it's, it's the idea that like your parent is going to tell you something and you as a teenager are going to listen and go, boy, they really are wise. They really know. <laughs> Not going to happen. They really, my mom and dad are so wise. They always give me the best <laughs> yeah. advice. I take it to heart. They, their teenagers are completely blocked. Mm -hmm. Their, their sensibility sometimes is completely blocked by like the, the the hormones and whatever else they're going through. And I think they're experiencing the world. And the thing that I think, not to get into parenting, I think the best thing we can do is create a stable environment, yeah. a safe environment of support and give them as much information as we can. Talk to them. And they don't want to hear it, but you talk to them. You go, listen, I know you don't want to hear it. Just need you, I need to understand that you understand mm -hmm. the the risk and the dangers of like social media, the internet, 
the things that you're doing, right? And the, mm-hmm. the, 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 cause you're not going to stop them. This is no, no way, shape and form. Once you get 15, I would even say now or earlier, probably 13, 14, you can hold out and you should try. I think parenting wise, you, you should try to hold out as long as you can. And maybe some people will have the anomaly of the kid who's like, I don't do social media. That, that sounds like a great kid. <laughs> From my experience, all the kids. That's a double-edged sword too, right? Because I'm sure you don't want to be an outlier. You don't want to be the weirdo in your in your school that doesn't have Instagram. Yeah, I think so too. But I would love it if, if right, it was, if that was yeah. like it. I'd be like, great. Yeah, because you know, oh, you're this. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think you communicate and you talk as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't want to answer, you ask and and you you go, how's it going? You know, how's how's things and. And you ask about certain things and, and it can be, a you got to break that uncomfortable ice by not judging their answers and not right. like just kind of hearing them out. Anyways, so kids, <laughs> but to bad omens. Yeah, sure. You leave home early. And so I did too. That kind of says home life wasn't completely stable. No, I I think it was... My grandpa passing away when I was, mm. I believe I was 14-ish, mm. because then, you know, I- Big I, moment. Even, like, obviously, as a teenager, I didn't know anything about life, but, and I don't now, and I feel like in 10 years, uh, I'll feel the same way, and I think that's great, but um, I had enough self-awareness to know I didn't want to, like, be a rambunctious, hormonal, you know, teenager and put that on my grandma to deal with by herself, because, right. I mean, they're old people you know? Yeah. And I didn't like being at home either with my mom. So I was just always out with my friend and all my friends were older, you know, even like when I wasn't playing in bands in and out, like playing guitar in bands growing up, like everyone was older and in their early twenties or late twenties. And I was just like the teenager in the band <laughs> playing right. guitar. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, don't, I was just talking to my therapist about this, but I feel like that like lack of stability as a kid pushed me to design it for myself now as an adult and like now i love my house like it's not you know a crazy house by any means but i live with my closest friends and i like just got a dope couch and it's just like my comfortable like i make it a comfortable place i'm excited to be especially going on tour but you design it yeah you control you yeah like i i wanted to make the life I wanted to live, the lifestyle I wanted to live and like the comfort that I maybe yearned for as a kid that I, that like security, you know, that I never probably experienced at least subconsciously. And, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. So now when I'm, I'm so like appreciative of my house, right. Especially again, going on tour, even if you didn't have my childhood, I feel like if you tour a lot, you travel half the year, more than half the year, you get home and you're so stoked to be home. It's such a nice feeling to be in one place. So when I get home, like on top of that, having like a, a great place to be that's comfortable with people that I like living with. Um, I just kind of bask in it. Like I get up in the morning and I sit outside in the sun and I'm just like, this is awesome. You know? And it's so simple. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. <laughs> I feel I spent so many years touring and now it, I, there's never a day where I don't wake up in my house and feel like, I don't know. It's hard to ex- explain that feeling. Um, I also think growing up with a lot of insecurity Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was financial or, or whatever it was, yeah. um, does make you appreciate like a stability in your home, you yeah. know, like, and knowing you don't, you don't ever have to move, Yeah, you know? Um, but there's never a day I don't wake up in my house and just go like, 
<sighs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> I love being here. Yeah. And it has, I, it's, it has nothing to do with the finishes. Right, materialistic stuff. No, it's not. I mean, it's a nice house. My wife has got a real good taste, you yeah. know, and she makes those decisions, and I love it because I don't have to because I, I am not good at picking things most of the time. I can pick some things, but um, she has a real way of bringing it all together. Um, but I, I wake up, and I'm just like, really happy. I just feel like I'm on vacation every day when I wake up. Um, but I wonder if, and maybe you've talked about this and analyzed this in therapy or something, do you think that the back and forth, right, going between two houses, mm -hmm. um, maybe feeling like you don't completely fit in completely with either place, right? There's probably things you appreciate about both and things you like. So that's how I feel about um, it. Do you think that's why you're a bit of a control freak over oh yeah the sound and the <laughs> and the and the, the the you know like the details absolutely which i think people who are really detail oriented and really that perform at a high level doing anything have to be enough of a control freak that they want to be good at it yeah i yeah i, I was actually talking to my therapist about this too i don't i i hate the idea that you have to like suffer to get good at something or to get disciplined at Me something too. or to be or to be good at something out of fear. And I don't agree with it either. Like I agree I know what you're saying and I and I think that's what we're always told that if you're to get good it's got to it's really hard. You, you have, have to, to persevere, you beat have to yourself senseless to get good. Like Yeah. What if you're inclined to be good and you get good fast? Yeah. I'm I'm sure that exists for some people, for some fortunate people, you know. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's, I guess that's the the positive way to look at it when you're reflecting on like the harder parts of your life or tragedy or whatever it is that's like kind of thickened your skin or forced you to adapt in some way or another or survive is looking at where where I've gotten and where I hope to be because I that's like the biggest thing I'm trying to work on is like my constant fear and anxiety of like the temporary temporariness of it temporarity i don't know what the yeah that the um i don't know or that it's fleeting yeah exactly the the, the the fleetingness of it like music and entertainment in general i feel like is so finicky and like people go through phases and seasons and people so quickly lose interest and then there's like i can't i can't, i totally i hate that i'm concerned about that because i do i make music for me i love that's why i like that the peace of mind was so weird and like I love it and the new stuff that I'm working on. I mean, on. Death of Peace of Mind, I've easily played that record. <laughs> Every track, back to back. I'm trying to see how many times <laughs> have I've listened to that record hundreds of times. Yeah. Hundreds of times, <laughs> if not more. Like I've listened to that. There are days where I've listened to that record four times all the way through. Crazy. Um, it's one of the best rock records I've heard in the last... 10 years that's so flattering <laughs> it's it's just true dude I, i'm I bad mean, at taking compliments but i appreciate i it. mean it, honestly though it's it's a compliment but it's not even a compliment it's not there's just not these days it's as a as a person who's been around long enough and you know i'm not saying oh they don't make them like they used to right but they don't there's sometimes you hear a record and there there's a lot of throwaway on it there's a lot of filler with like, let's just bang some singles because we live in a singles world. And this is one of the first records I've heard in a long time where um, 
all my favorite rock bands make records. They make albums. And I still want to listen to an album. I want to put a record on and whether I'm running or driving or doing whatever. And so it's a body of work that feels like someone cared about every part of it. Yeah. And, um, and I can, and hearing you talk about your, your, your tendencies makes me, helps me understand actually like, oh, now I know why the whole record's good. The, <laughs> the details were toiled over. So dude, yeah, it's, it drives me nuts sometimes. Like it's, I think uh, someone, it's like a quote, like Einstein or something like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different, different results. results. Yeah. That's how I work in the studio. Right. Like we have this song that we just finished for the most part finished, like the demo is finished. New song? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Working on two albums Yay. right now. <laughs> two albums. Yeah. It's a, right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you produce? <laughs> yeah. The whole thing? Mm -hmm. Me and Jolly. And you guys write everything? Yeah. Engineer. That's the other part that's fucking crazy to me is I wrote with you, so I know you're good writers because I wrote with you. And we, we did that song last December together. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite songs we've ever done. Um, I feel like it's like a gem yeah. that fans get to discover. And it's just really special. And I and, and it actually, uh, we got to be in the studio together and 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 work on something in, in fashion that I think uh, was meaningful to us at a time when we needed it um, for, for very personal reasons. But like you guys were uh, very instrumental in helping us bring something to life yeah. that we needed at a time when I don't know that we had the energy creatively because uh, it was a weird time uh, to create something on our own. And you guys like were, you guys are just great writers, just brilliant. Like I was really impressed uh but i knew you were good but like when i got in with you i was like oh damn they they are really good they're like me and bench talked about it at length about like why we thought your band was so good and yes you guys are great live but like you guys reproduce write perform record all the music and then have to a and r your record you you have to like sit there and decide yeah when is this done what's going where that's just I'm just saying most people have to bring a team together because it's too much and they'll never. But what I notice with all my favorite artists, a large part of them are similar to you guys. Like they paint the whole thing. And that's like a vision, the whole thing. It's kind of crazy, dude. Not a lot of people do that. Yeah. Not a lot of good people. <laughs> Well, it's fun too. Like it's exhausting. It's a lot of work, like wearing six hats at all yeah. times, but it's fun. Like, cause I, I look at Bad Omens as like, it's like its own little world in my head, right. you know, whether it's the music videos or the, the album art or the merch or the music, the most important thing. Like I try to make it all connect in some way that at least makes sense to me so that when I'm talking about it, I, it's like authentic passion and it's genuine. And like people, I think people can detect that. Like people, no matter how filtered things get through the internet or like through word of mouth or just biased, I think people can always like recognize genuine authenticity. And I think that's and it's huge. But it's also really good, like from a quality standpoint. Yeah. Like you could, you guys, if you wanted to just produce records for bands, 
you would make great records. It's funny because I wanted to do that for a long time, and right. like we just didn't have, I guess, the clout or what, whatever right. it was. And now, like, people are hitting me up nonstop, and I don't have the time. You don't have the time because you have to tour to worry about. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, well, no, we're not like, touring. Yeah. We're working on Bad Omen stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean that that, and that's what you should be doing. Yeah, because it's a really important. To me, it's a really important band, and um, you know, I think that it's great. You guys are getting some some recognition now. Um, and certainly the music is succeeding on its own because it's good. So as I, I, I say, like, go see them live. Just go see them live. That's what I always say. If you want to, like, understand the bad omens. Yeah. Uh, uh, hype, whatever you want to call it, go see them live. You'll understand it immediately when you go see them live. You'll understand exactly why we love this band. <laughs> um and I think people do when they see you live. And I think that's why yeah. the shows are just exploding because it's like you couldn't play enough shows right now. Right. Because to meet the demand, there's not a ton of great live bands out there. Uh, it, Cause I think it's again, like we came out of a time where not a ton of bands had the opportunity. There was certainly always, there's always been bands working and, 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 and but like not thriving like it used to be maybe. Um, it's, but it feels like it, it does feel like it's coming back around, but I feel like you guys are part of that. I feel like there's pillars in music that lead the way for other bands to thrive. That's why I like it when bands work together because, and bands stick together, uh, because if you guys succeed, it means that more people can succeed behind you. I, I think I'm starting to agree with that. It's hard to like be modest, but also be like, yeah, I, I recognize that but it's, it's becoming kind of like undeniable the more people I talk to and the more people I talk to that I look up to or admire like you, you know, that are also saying that. I'm like, okay, maybe there's some truth to this, you know, like maybe they're not just blowing smoke up my ass, but it's it's a hard thing to accept that like you're like part of that, you know, part of like the, whatever the new wave is of, of influential music or whatever. I always like, I totally get it. Not wanting to own your part in the what i think is like the important success of of say like rock music right right you don't want to own your part in it because i get it it could come across like it's not modest but that's but you guys are modest you guys are like you guys are try you know you 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 wrestle with success just like everyone else who actually has values i think we all wrestle with people admiring us or people following us or people maybe um treating us different than they did whatever however you want to call the fame thing because that's all it is is like you know a, a attention around the thing because you you're doing art but then what happens when it comes with it when the art is connects with lots of people and a lot of people can resonate with it fame so fame is just a funny thing man it's a double-edged sword like there's some good aspects of it you get to something becomes more more well-known and more people come see it. Therefore, you can play more shows, you can make more records, you can do all the things you love. It definitely enables. And, and it's just like a, a big ball of confusion sometimes. But at the in, in the middle of that, I think, is this quiet space where you're doing what you love and you're making what I think are really important records and doing really important shows. Yeah. Right? I, I, think, I think people are inherent problem solvers yeah right like people if there isn't a problem to solve or like a, a puzzle to solve they'll create one just for the reward of solving right. it and i think that's where like being creative or art is so important 
because there's people that don't have that as an outlet that will maybe create problems in other ways like, right you know little micro dramas or something or my my ex-boyfriend or you know like right just anything but then you have the creative outlet to to like channel that you know like primitive desire to like put the circle in the circle and the triangle in the triangle you know and it's like i think it's crucial to your mental health just like exercising maybe you know it's like the same thing just with your mind uh, or meditating yeah you know so like you meditate i do yeah me too yeah it's it's a trying to get better doing it consistently which like the past few weeks i have been doing it every day which is nice and that's helped but like i they say not to judge (laughs) it's a priority to like if i just feel anxious or i wake up just on the wrong side of the bed or i'm stressed about all the stuff i have to do that day i'll just lay back down i have this app calm app yeah yeah it's great i have Uh, it too yeah i'm not and breathe we're not endorsed by them uh (laughs) no 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 we're not we have (laughs) i pay for it this this uh we have no sponsors here at all like this is yeah it's just the first one i found that things we fuck with yeah and i I put it on and do like the daily j or one of those like you know meditative seven minute things with the breathing and it's great it's just like it re-centers you you know it's and i think people that are like you know uh apprehensive about like meditation or spirituality weird they I don't know they, why i think they take it more literal than it is like it could be some kind of voodoo yeah or like they think people take it more literal than they do right you know like they it's not that deep it's just it's no different than like if you're having Close a panic attack or hyperventilating you're supposed to breathe in through your nose out through your mouth into a bag like it's no different than that it's the same yeah. like i think physical response of just calming yourself down and working on your breathing and you know and there's straight up like data to prove that it helps yeah that's the thing too i think i think data is real like information's real like there is a real thing there is real real information to back things up people are selective with that though (laughs) yeah people are people People are are selective with science (laughs) yeah it is it's interesting because but i'm sure a lot of people out there listening and probably a lot of people that listen to your music like myself have dealt with anxiety issues right like we it's not uncommon that's the other thing I tell people all the time. I'm like, you, it's okay to share that you have anxiety and that you're learning how to manage it and yeah. learning how to deal with it because there's dealing with it and then there's going into trying to heal some of it. And some of it I think you can heal. I think it's probably from trauma and different, you know, the past experiences you had. Um, but like some of it is, some people are prone. They just have a more, ner- a more careful uh their personality type is prone to anxiety. So some of it, you do have to just learn how to manage. And meditation's one way. Well, touring is such a high paced environment. So like that adds a whole other layer of, you know. Stress. Like trying to adapt to something that even without someone without anxiety, a perfectly healthy, mentally healthy person has trouble adapting with. Like being in a different city every night or sleeping in a difficult position or jet lag like or like no you not, add anxiety onto that not a regular diet no yeah. no kind of stability yeah because routine i think is is important yeah like routine anyone, you know and it breaks that and especially if you're like fighting off the demons the anxiety you know going on tour makes that even harder and there's yeah. been times where i've like i've been like i probably should not be touring right now you know but i just like you work through it yeah i just push through it and maybe that's not the right call sometimes like it's i, I feel like i have a good judgment of like okay this is enough to manage or like I actually should go home. Um, but it's a little bit of sacrifice. Yeah. Sometimes you sacrifice your well-being. Yeah. Cause you, you don't want to get lost in the idea of like every time I feel bad, I have to like take a day off because you're just, you're going to just feed it. 
it could be a cycle that's really hard to stop. Yeah. I think that like you're you're right. I think um another thing people don't understand, I think when you're out there doing five, six shows in a row, right? Um in a different city every night, like I think everyone looks at it and goes, Wow, that must be nice. You'd be on stage and yeah. there's all these people or like it's like a party or whatever. Yeah. But it's actually a, a a physical job. It's super physical. Like I got, I have straight up injuries from touring all the years of touring. Like your body gets beat up and like, I'm now getting for the first time in my life, getting things fixed that like I've never ever had looked at that were like injuries from tour. They're just like, you know, three, there was a bunch of years where we did 300 shows a year for many years and nuts. <laughs> it was just nuts. It was nuts. It, it was a physical grind. And like we all have things like ticks and, yeah. and physical injuries and different things from those hardcore years. I'm trying to get better at not getting used to them. I think that's something people do that, especially people that like work hard or like or take things serious or are disciplined. Like you just accept things as they are, whether it's like anxiety or like an ache mm. in your back or something from mm -hmm. sleeping weird or some kind of ink, a rock in your shoe, so to speak. Like you just get used to it. And you accept it. Instead of thinking like, maybe I should, maybe a dot, like, for example, I wake up congested every day, like dry and like just so stuffed up and it's the worst. I have, I hate waking up because I just am like messed up. Yeah. Congested and sinus wise. And it takes like my body like an hour to reset. I started taking, like I went to my doctor and just asked him about it. And they like gave me this like daily allergy medicine that just like you're supposed to take every day that helps build your system or whatever to help prevent that in the morning. And Did it, it work? It started helping a little bit. Great. And I just, I lived like that for like my t my whole life, like 10 years, you know? I think I did too. And I'm just like, this is just how I am. And You're the first person that I've actually <laughs> said, that said that where I was like, oh yeah, you, that's- Especially things that are like that. just on the edge of being serious enough, like they're more Dude, inconvenient or uncomfortable and you just crazy. get used to being uncomfortable, you know? So I'm trying to get better identifying things that are uncomfortable to me that I just get used to, that, take may, that maybe could be fixed. Or at least get a get a hey that can't be fixed. You got to deal with it. You know even that. And I'm just trying to like identify those things more because I'm like, wow, I lived uncomfortably for so long, dude. <laughs> that's crazy. You know. <laughs> I always wait until I have to. I yeah. didn't think about it. Like I had a. Uh, um, I do too. Until recently, I hate sharing. I hate getting too personal, but I ask pretty personal questions. So, um, but I, I had to get, um. I have a hernia that I got on tour that I never fixed. That's serious. Hernia that I just like got it from touring, jumping <laughs> off a riser enough times. Yeah. And I jumped off one that was too high. When I remember when I injured it, it was 12, 13, 14 years ago. It was a long time ago. Um, and and then I felt injured. I got injured. And then I went and I, and I, and that a doctor was like, Oh, it's, it's a hernia, but like, you don't, you know, it, it should be okay in a few days. And then, you know, you need to get this fixed, but typically people get them fixed in, you know, 10 years to five years, five to 10 years. And sometimes whatever. And I was like, okay. And then every now and then I would be on stage and I would do something that would activate it, aggravate it. And I would be like, Oh, probably messed up the rest of your oh show my too. God. Like, and then, yeah. And then I'd limp through the show Yeah, and then, um, and now I have to get it like fixed. And I was like, why did I wait so long you to get, fix you get this used thing to that's nagged me for since I had it? It's yeah. nagging. Like 
I, I could only play uh, like a sport if I go to like play basketball with my kid or or go play tennis with with my wife or whatever. You name a, a physical activity, I could only do it to a certain point. So like for an hour, and then it would act up and it would be like, oh, okay, I got to tap out. Um, going on a hike, I could only do like three miles versus five miles because it would act up and it would limit me. And I just dealt with it. I you just accepted like, it. I didn't even think about fixing it. Yeah. I was just like, even, oh, yeah. You didn't even register that was a possibility. There it is. I got to like, stop now. Instead of like. Who I am, I guess. And then uh, my doctor was like, you know, we can get <laughs> yeah, surgery we can, we on that. On yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I think a lot of people deal with that. A lot of people just accept like discomfort or self-love, man. You know, yeah, it's it's huge. Self-care. Self-care <laughs> is important. Yeah. You know, you think about it and you you know everyone has their own version of taking care of themselves, but like self-care is like a real thing and I think people think of it as like taking a day off, but mm -hmm. like it's a little more detailed than that. It is actually taking care of things. Yeah. I mean, that's it goes back to that thing we were saying about balance. Like you can't overdo it. You can't just decide, "Oh, I'm really anxious today. I'm going to sit in bed all day every day." Right. You know, like eventually you have to fight. Some days you have to let it win and just eat ice cream and sit on the couch and binge Breaking Bad or something. Right. And then there's days you have to be like, "I have to fight this. I have to go to the gym and like, you know, I have to try a different way to stave this off." Do you do um you do like jujitsu and Muay Thai and things like that? Yeah. I actually haven't done jujitsu in months. I just haven't had time, but I, I have a trainer I do Muay Thai with and like body weight stuff and, and weightlifting and just a personal trainer that I see three or four times a week. Is that a key for you? It's like the one thing I am committed to making time for, for me right. outside of making music, which again, that's, that's a win-win, you know, because for me, fun is like sitting in the studio with my friends making music and that's, as, as you obviously know, like a huge return. If yeah. if you're up till three in the morning writing a song, that's gonna, you know, pay your bills for years. And it feels know? really good. A very you, small price. To when pay. you're done, it feels really good. It does. It's a it feeling does. that's hard to explain. Yeah, but the only thing outside of that I really prioritize doing for myself is just going to see my trainer, or going to the gym, or going on a run, or going to Muay Thai class or Jiu-Jitsu class. Like that's something that I found is like so important, and and also changed the game for me as a singer, right? You know, cause I feel like something clicked in 2021 with our band, at least with me as my performance, where I just got way more into cardio and taking care of my voice and rehearsing harder and longer before tours. And it improved my voice immensely. And, and I, it's like giving credit to my band while taking credit away from them. But I feel like that was a huge part of what improved our live show was me becoming a better singer because they were already all great at their instruments in my opinion maybe they're they probably self-critique and would say otherwise but right. I, I think they were always really solid and i was the the weak the weight you know um and then 2021 i really started feeling coming, crazy coming into my own that. skin as a singer and feeling more confident and more talented as a singer and just like being on tours and being like I'm one of the I'm one of the best singers, you know, like on this tour or something, you know, and like just feeling good about myself as right. a singer, which I never did. I was always beating myself up or insecure about my performance on tour. Um, but there was other aspects of that. Like we were in a van, I would drive overnight. I didn't, I didn't sleep I, or I slept uncomfortably. My neck was messed up or, you know, I wasn't taking care of my voice or, you know, there's, it's just, again, it's, it's an experience thing like we talked about at the start of this. Like those are things you learn in either let get the best of you or you beat as you move through your career performing. Whether if you, again, if you blow up overnight, 
might have a really tough first tour if you've never gone on tour before right. as a singer, you mm-hmm. know, like it's be really difficult for you. It'd be hard for you to handle the little problems that always yeah. come up. There's always going to be little kinks, yeah. little things that happen. Even just like knowing your body and knowing like what maybe foods or drinks may tire yep. out your voice or something like just simple stuff like that, that you have to do for years to identify and make sure not to do in your job. And then to be able to execute a show with all the little things that go wrong all the time, like something things always go wrong always something always drops out something always uh, (laughs) cuts out um the experience helps you navigate those where the audience can't tell that you're having lots of problems up there on the nights you are and yeah um that's part of experience that's what an experienced person does they move through things um Mm -hmm. and they don't get caught up on like why is this happening instead of like hey let's solve it really quickly and let's get this over with let's get this show on the road um but it's interesting because I would have said that I always thought you were an incredible singer. So I personally think that you're extremely hard on yourself and that you're a perfectionist who works hard to be the best, which I think is really good. I think wherever that comes from is driven you to, I think it's a part of your character that drives you towards progress and success and to to achieve things together as a group. I think you guys in general as a group um, have a, a mind towards building things and making things the way you see them. And I think part of that architecture of that is someone who's detail oriented, who's very hard on things, very hard on the details. And so I think it's a good thing, even though I would say my experience of you as a singer has always been like, whoa, he's one of the best fucking guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I think that there is growth and there is, I think that some... I, I would say a lot of that stuff that you do that makes you feel like you're um, taking care of your voice and you're navigating things, do, it does matter. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's a placebo or if it's real. I think that's a big part of it too. Right. I think a lot of it's psychological. I do. I think it's because that that's what gets us in place to do what we do. But my experience as now as as as, as a fan watching you for through the the. the certainly the last record and and this record um my experience of you as a singer has not changed as far as like oh he's gotten better it's always been you've always been one of the best guys in the room in that regard maybe not in your head maybe that's experience maybe and maybe and and yes if you want to attribute it to how you take care of your voice and the things you do fine with me yeah because I just want you to keep singing. But I'm just saying from my experience of you, seeing you, hearing your your music, and the conversations I've had with Benj about your music from the from the very beginning when we met mm-hmm. has always been he's one of the best singers in rock music today. You guys are easily in my top ten artists. Crazy. And it's crazy because you're only three records in. Yeah. But and I say only, and it's like, that's, I don't even know if only is the right word. Three records is a lot of work, but you're just getting started. Like, I cannot wait for the next record. I can't wait for the next. Me either. And you guys are making two records? Yeah. So uh, I don't know if, I, maybe this is when we'll premiere it or talk about it, or, or you can cut it. We can know. cut this because because uh, <laughs> I think it's going to come out sooner. When are you guys going to be talking about this stuff? Not a long time. We're working on Concrete Forever, which is essentially the deluxe. Right. Okay. That's one thing. Yeah. And then in the middle of working on that, when we're bored of that, we're working on music that we are considering album for music. Okay, great. 
Um, so kind of, yeah, in a way working on two records in one and then like some stripped down remixes, stuff like that, Sick, you know, and it's just cooler than calling it deluxe. So we're calling it concrete forever, like, right. like the tour. Um, and then, yeah, we're working on new music too. So. That's exciting. Yeah. I, it's crazy. I think you could air it. I think you should air it. Okay. Great. <laughs> well, we'll announce it here. Then that's great. So yeah, I mean, um, everyone knows we're working on a deluxe. Right. And I, and I think everyone knows we're always writing new music when we can. So it's like, yeah. is that really a secret? You know? No, it's not a secret. Yeah. When does that deluxe get announced? I think as soon as we have like most of it ready. Okay. I think we have a, like three remixes that we're happy with. We got three originals that we want to, again, have the features of the co collaborations on. And then from there, I want to do like some stripped down versions and just try to get as much done as we can by the end of the year. But yeah, I, it's important to me not to rush anything, you know? No need to. It's not, it's going to be transparent if it's rushed. Yeah. So that's always a priority. Even if it takes me a year or three years, I'm going to make the best album first. How do you feel about Bad Omens from where you started to now? Do you feel like the band is in the best place it's ever been? Absolutely. I mean, not, not just musically or like with, you know, having more fans or anything like that, or, you know, getting bigger tours, but just as people, right. And like as creatives and everyone at their job, like we have the, everyone in our crew is amazing at what they do. That's super important. Cause I feel like it's hard to find crew people that you not only get along with and like as people, but take their job serious and, yeah. and have knowledge and stuff. It's true. Um, and then as people in our band, like we're just like really well adjusted and put together you know like and just we take tour so serious we take it like it's our job um and everything just it's almost scary <laughs> like how, well, well it is it, how it, smooth it's going but you but, know? <laughs> but it is it is it is a job because i'm like i'm inclined like just from like my my youth and stuff to be like where is the danger you know like what you know what i mean like that's how we all are i think but but i think that we when you start to actually normalize this is a job like this isn't a party. Yeah. This isn't a luck, a lottery that we hit. Now let's get you on. You wouldn't the show coaster. up to your office job hammered. No, <laughs> you and know? you wouldn't, and you wouldn't mistreat people. Right. And you wouldn't. Um, this is what I think: successful people are consistent. I want to be. I look at other people that I think are successful, and and how we measure success is is different. All of us, right? Some people would say money. Some people would say happiness. Some people would say maybe a little bit of everything balance to me it's a balance a balance of having enough of everything to feel contentment every day to feel like you don't need anything um but you but you i think you're inspired to work for more or to achieve more in certain ways so like with a career that you love i think people who love what they do are inspired to do more but in order to do more we have to be reliable because we have to work with people because we all win in teams. No one wins alone. So you as an artist have to make a record and then you have to work with a team of people to help you put that record out, go out on tour, and then you're working with your fans to enjoy it. Like your, your fans are paying their hard-earned money to come to your show and they're expecting a good show. Yeah. And if you were like, who fucking cares? I'm just going to I'm going to get hammered. around, get hammered, not put a on a great job. show. Exactly. You don't like that. It only lasts so long. Yeah. Right? And it, yeah. it kind of, it, and it's very unsustainable as well, health-wise. It's a balance thing. You know, I, I really think it all comes back to balance. So like, I'm not even like trying to promote some like meditative spiritual agenda. I just think about how many singers, like without name dropping, obviously, you know, that are talented, amazing singers or, or drummers or whatever. 
but they didn't have they didn't put in the work or the time to understand their business or understand how their money was being handled right or, or to you know try to curb an addiction they were having or right. something and how it ultimately led to their downfall yeah what like what you can't just be good at one thing exactly and yeah. like also like what you work on every day is what you'll get you'll get it out you'll get out what you put in as everyone says you get back you know what you put in what becomes your job becomes your job if your job becomes being addicted to drugs that'll be your job there's all kinds of addiction there's there's sex addiction drugs there's gambling there's addiction to all kinds of things that being said as well like if if your job is the only thing you do you won't have balance in your life uh to build you know if you want to build a family or you want to you do have to find balance based on like what's important to you and then do not even with like addiction like again back to the anxiety thing or the depression thing like that's another battle you need to face if you're trying to take your job serious you know like you can't i i I talk about that a lot people ask like what were you going through writing this song or like how how like how do you be creative when you're depressed and i always tell them like the truth which i i haven't seen it i'm I'm sure it exists out there but i don't believe in like the tortured artists like hung over like over the piano you know like right like neither do i going through the hardest time of their life and then writes a hit like that can never be me if i'm sure that exists and that's I guess that's great for them that they could channel that into something into art, but I I have to I have to reflect on my hard emotions and hard times like retroactively. Well, the sad truth I think I have to be in a good place to be creative. I agree with you. And then talk about it from a healthy place, even if it's a really sad song. It's it's like me reflecting on how I felt at that time. I agree with you, but I also want to be alive. Yeah, and that's the truth. I want to like live life. I want to uh, experience what life has to offer. I yeah. want to experience joy. Yeah. I don't want to be miserable. Mm-hmm. I want to experience like like having a relationship with my kids. Is it, is it hard as an artist, right, to like not romanticize that and, and fall into that character of like, you know, separating it? Uh, it's not at my age because I right. feel like I'm an old guy. Yeah. Even though I'm not, I'm not that old. I feel like I've lived a lot of life, and I also feel like I'm not um, disenchanted, or what's the word? I feel like I'm not disillusioned to what things really are. So you can no longer get me excited about like, oh, do this, you'll be really famous. Yeah, <laughs> I already went on that roller coaster, and I and I and I understand it to a place where I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, Versus let's create something that we think will be really special or like, let's make a classic song. That still excites me. If you were like, yo, I'm trying to write a classic. Let's do it. I'd be like, yeah. You know what I mean? So um, the lie that it's this like, yeah, he's so he's on drugs, but man, his art's good. (laughs) You know, mm, I don't buy it, dude. I don't buy it. (laughs) I don't buy it either. I think, wow, he's in so much pain. Yeah. So his art is good. Because yeah. he's expressing pain, and we all relate to that. Because the, the to me, the human experience is part pain and suffering. When none of us are can escape, yeah, the pain of life. Yeah, someone's go, we're we're gonna lose people. We're going to suffer mm-hmm. uh, um, humiliation at some point, or failure at some point, or uh, all of the things that the human we all go through it. 
that's why I have, I think it's easy for me not to dislike people because I feel empathy for everyone. And and even if I don't agree with how someone's expressing themselves, yeah, you know, like when we talk about the internet or we talk about social platforms, we talk about politics, I get a little disappointed in how people express themselves. Cause I think people have, we, 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 we live in a really a culture of meanness now. Um, but we've been here before the world has been here at times, but like the, the lie that you're talking about, like, yeah, he's art is so good, but he's on drugs and that's part of it. Yeah. Like, no, uh, I don't think Even so. Even if that's a thing, like it can't be a long lasting thing. Well, that's the thing is, is, is it's this, it's this lie that is sold to, I think to young people in our industry to keep them from waking up and becoming independence independent educated on educated. how they're being ripped off yes yeah and it's an easy way to con- keep uh artists corralled and unplugged from reality of how things work and it's also i find myself respecting bands more like you guys when i see how you guys run your business and i go okay they are with it they actually show up every day and they take responsibility for themselves and like that's who i want to be i don't want someone to lie to me and tell me what I want to hear. And I think that we work in an industry where people are manipulated all the time. And, and artists, I think, are anxious. So I get it. Like they're easy marks for for the drugs and the alcohol and the the, the ways that you can keep people unplugged so they don't have to deal with it. And then you have all these gatekeepers who say, I'll deal with it. Right. I'll deal with it. That's the whole mentality behind our company is to not be that, to be partners, to talk about information and make and 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 make decisions together with people that feel like you're plugged into your fucking business and 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 no you don't need us. Yeah. We were that's the thing. The other thing is I think we in our industry, artists are kind of manipulated to feel like, oh my God, if I don't have that person, everything's gonna fall apart. No. The idea about a career is what version do I want? You do need a team. You do need to build a team of people that you trust, that you respect, but it's about you yeah. making decisions and making and and then having people that you that you respect around you, like a council of people that are good partners that you guys can share information and make good decisions versus someone scaring you into going forward all the time. I think our industry is prone to that. I don't think it's everyone. I think there's amazing people out there that I know in the institutional part of the music business that are great. Like, I don't think that all labels are bad and all publishers are bad. I'm not that guy. There's great people. Well, that's that experience thing we were talking about. Yeah. Like, how are you going to have the know-how of like, oh, stay away from this guy or stay away from this agent or whatever if if you don't at least have been in the industry or touring or experienced, you know, like you're not, you won't know. And no one who could blame you for not knowing. It's like in sports. I do think the best coaches played. I do think they understand how it feels to be out there. Well, I think that's why we gravitated towards working with you guys. Yeah. You know, cause obviously you're incre- incredible career. Like you guys have, we did our thing back, then, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> we did our thing, you know, you know, and like, I've, I mean, we've never had this relationship with people we work with as a band where like, you know, I, I just punish Miles all day with like memes. And yeah. you know, like sometimes we don't even talk about business. We talk about just life stuff, you know? And like that well, to me is like, a, a that's an awesome relationship to have with the people you work with. 
it's important that I think you like the people you work with. Um, but we're all human beings in this industry with this, especially an industry where you don't need any certification to be a manager. You don't need a certification to work at a label. Yeah. So there's, and we're, and we're talking about music as one, as a top resource in the world. People are consuming music more than they ever have. And artists are, have more opportunity than they've ever had. But with that comes a lot of bad actors too that come in and take advantage and move on it. Now that is the human nature. I'm not saying that any other industry is any different. No, I think that's just people. That's just that's people. That's a people thing, you know? But you have to recognize that that's a possibility. Yeah. And I think artists have to try and become as independently minded as they can so that they can always, I always say you are your best manager until you can't be. No one's gonna care more than you. No one's gonna care more than you. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so we can care, but not as much as you. I think that's why we gravitate towards writing and producing for the most part ourselves is because, you know, you hear about, I feel like at least a while ago, like maybe it's changed, but you hear about bands being like, oh, we went to this huge producer that's, you know, won all these awards or sold all these records and worked on all these huge <clears throat> records. And you kind of get like, uh, you know, maybe like horse blinders or like, you know, diluted by all the the success that person has and you equate it with like experience or investment in you because that person had, you know, so much success. But I feel like I found that that's like just their job. And while not obviously not every producer is like a bad guy trying to get a check, like it goes back to the no one's going to care more than you thing. So if you have the tools or the means or even the time to educate yourself on how to use the tools and, and the means you should be as hands-on as you can. You should co-produce. Like you should be in the driver's seat of the studio as well at the desk. If you can do it. If you can. If you're, if where, where artists sometimes go wrong is thinking they can do it and they can't yet. They haven't earned the ability. Now you have to be the one to have the, the guts to listen and go, this isn't good enough. And that's what a true artist does in my opinion. Versus someone who's like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to make a decision. You decide. Or you get pressured by a manager or label to like put it out. And, and you it's... stand your ground. Right. I don't see you guys ever having that problem. Like again, because you produce your own shit and you have a vision. Um, but I do think people get spun and they lose their kind of compass, right? Uh, creatively because they stopped trusting their own instinct a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I think at the point where you're like, I'm not putting this record out. If you've never done that before, yeah. it's either a real problem with the record or you're spun out for some reason and you got to look at, like, you got to stop and go like, wait, why am I so spun? Why can I not feel yeah. my compass? Got to give it a few weeks or something. Yeah. And you got to go like, what, 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 what's my gut? Is it saying something? I think that the like artists that double down on how they feel and trusting their gut, like I, that again, Maybe this is not your experience. My experience of you guys is you just make gut decisions all the time and you just don't feel that conflicted about it. Uh, is that true? I think we feel conflicted, but we ask the question of like, why? Right. You know, and then we reference something like a choice we made in the past that ended up being the right choice. Right. And we do that every time we write now and so sometimes we'll, we'll like, you know, instinctually if we're working on a verse or like the beat for the verse, we'll like gravitate towards the obvious thing you hear first and sometimes that's the right answer because it's your instinct but then other times you're like well how, how let's put more time into this let's not rush this you know and then you scroll through your samples on splice or you try something on the keyboard and you're like this is a really weird thing but i like it 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's like really unexpected. I would never think to do this, but I just did it on accident maybe. And then you're like, well, let's see where this goes. And you go down that rabbit hole. And that's how I get in that situation. I was saying earlier where like you do the same thing over and over and expect different results. Music's the one thing where you actually might get a different result. And like, like the song we just were working on, it went through like four versions, like two different tempos, three different keys, like two different genres. Right. You know, like it had the whole different instrumental foundation behind it for a second. We could not hack the chorus. So we like picked it apart, like rebuilt it. And then finally we're like, this is it. This is where it's supposed to go. And maybe that's another reason why I'm like a little jaded about people that say like, oh yeah, like their best records, they were on drugs. Cause like they, maybe they write music different. Maybe they're like proficient at piano and they can just do that and sing. But like the way I make music is so insane and backwards. Like I produce while I'm writing, like sometimes I mix a little bit while I'm writing and like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a vocal over just a piano part and then build a whole new song around the vocal or I'll make like a cool beat that helps me like come up with a different swagger or cadence for a vocal part and then rebuild it again right because, because i couldn't have come up with that vocal part without that instrumental behind it yeah but i don't i don't want that instrumental you know i don't want to be a rapper so i i don't know it's just it's really strange and it's like it's like uh but it's how you work yeah it's like a laboratory or something but like also it's like <laughs> it's unique yeah to you because that's how you work and i think that like it's cool I agree with you too. I mean, look, we go back to the artist that's on drugs. Like, I think it's weird when anyone references an artist that they want to be as big as that died early from drugs. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like, you'll be as, you'll, 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 you'll be bigger than, uh, Cobain. Or- right. And you're like, well, he died at a young age <laughs> yeah. and he, he killed himself and yeah. his music is incredible, but also like, I wonder if I'd rather have incredible an incredible musical legacy or to be alive and and, like and Trent Reznor and like, that's the thing is that's a great example of someone who I think has has like come in built a career and has a life that I think is really interesting and overcame and does, darkness and overcame the darkness of whatever probably yeah. he 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 went through and I have no idea right. I don't know him personally um, but I'm sure um, but that also is like has a life and is is alive and has a family i think and like that to me is inspiring that's inspiring because people want to romanticize i feel like especially now people want to romanticize like dying young or it's you know like it's terrible and it's like you can you can tap into like the harder parts of life or tragedy or your mind or your experience without becoming it you know what i mean or or like trying to memorialize yourself in real time yeah you know like you can yeah. absolutely <laughs> and and it, and it, and to me it has nothing to do with art nothing to do with art yeah that this person who's suffering and ends up dying overdosing killing themselves um i feel extreme pain for them and i think they needed help yeah. versus i don't ever glor- it's weird i never like look at it and go wow what amazing what an amazing what an amazing story. I, I think the music's amazing. And then, oh my God, that's tragic. They died so young. I don't ever put the two together as like this romantic, like, right. wow. Or like they affected, like the art somehow no. attributed to that. Like, yeah. yeah, I never want to romanticize that or anything. And I think it's smart. I think it's like also super, uh, I, I also think that your guys' music is is likely super therapeutic for a lot of people that love your band. 
uh, from my experience of your fans, if they feel like pretty thoughtful people that are going through similar experiences, uh, like dealing with anxiety, depression, dealing with uh, the pain of life, right? Uh, and, and that's probably why I relate to your music when I when I hear a little bit about where where you come from. And I know you come from uh, Virginia, mm-hmm. which isn't far from where I'm from. Yeah. So it's a similar place in the world. So I kind of can Im- visualize yeah. a little bit like where you're from. And I think of like the things you went through. It's probably the chord that it strikes in me is that same right. kind of like lifelong relationship i'll always have with depression anxiety um the painful parts of life losing people um anything that i've been through it you're singing about stuff that i think people and actually think everyone can relate to that but i think the people that tend to like your music and the people that i feel like your fans I can kind of relate to them. They feel similar. Yeah, uh, I feel like we're all into similar things. Um, I feel like it's people who have a relationship with uh, the suffering and the painful part of life, but that want to understand it right. and work through it. Well, we have such an interesting demographic because we have, I feel like we have older people that really like our music. Yeah. We have like really young people that really like our music, like international, obviously, like different cultures and countries that really like our music. So... That's What's your favorite place you think to go so far? <sighs> That's tricky. I loved Japan. Japan's awesome. I'd love to go back there again. That was it was been too long. Um I mean, the US is really good for you guys. Yeah, I mean like logistically and, and it's hard to if we're not talking about traveling and stuff, the US is my favorite to tour, you know, because right. it's like it's the easiest where right. we know it. And then like in Europe, it's like, oh, it's after nine PM. I guess we're not eating dinner. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's so much harder over yeah, there it's when you're harder not, to... you're not from there. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I, I think probably like Japan I'd want to go back to. But yeah, like our demographic is like, it's so vastly different. And that's like another thing that bums me out when I'm, when I do tap in or try to see like what fans are saying. And like you, you think about the internet and it's, it's like putting all these different people from different generations and, mm-hmm. and religious background, political backgrounds, cultures in this like waiting room together. To right. like it coexists like what do you think is going to happen yeah, yeah of there's going to be friction and fusion fusion and i never like want our music to be responsible for that so like that's that's one of the reasons i'm always like writing music about like social media and stuff because i like again like i said earlier i feel like people are inherently good and i like want more people to acknowledge that and like give each other a break <laughs> sometimes because yeah. mm-hmm. i'm just like so tired of negativity like i experienced so much negativity in my own mind i don't want to like turn to something that's supposed to be a distraction or an entertainment and find more of it, whether that's like the internet or the news or something, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm going on a tangent there. <laughs> the message is, is interesting because the music is so like our music should bring people together. It And, it, and you know I, mean? I think it does. Yeah. What you're saying is like, I wish people would be nice to one another. Yeah. Like at our shows, it hurts me at our shows, like this past tour we just did. It was like mostly Midwest stuff. And you could tell like there was a few nights, a couple nights actually, I had to stop the set multiple times because people kept getting in like, I don't know if it was fights or arguments or or what. Like I couldn't tell. I I didn't see what happened. But there's just like people clashing and I can tell they're like two different types of people. You know, you've got this like, I think blue collar dude and then like a small teenager and they're like arguing and I'm like. I get it. But I think that you, you your music can 
you know, a lot of people relate to your music, lots of different people, because I actually think that you're touching on things that most people don't in their music. I think your music is aggressive. I think there's 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 a part of your music that brings out a angry side that I don't get to express, which is nice when I listen to it when I'm running or I'm where it, it, for me, it motivates me. But at the end of the day, if I'm driving and I'm alone and I'm frustrated or I'm feeling a certain way, I can put your record on. I can also put it on when I'm feeling motivated. When I'm feeling yeah. excited, energized, because your music touches on different emotions, I think there's something about you, the way you express yourself in your songs that people relate to. And the truth is, most people don't get to express anger mm -hmm. or excitement in the world. We, we get criticized or we get shut down if we're angry. That bums me out. And if we're excited. I think about that a lot. Yeah. I think about like how confidence has played a role in me as an artist and just not even as an artist, at a person, you know, and like how I feel like a lot of people at a certain point in their youth, I read, I read something about this so long ago. It was from like a book and it was like a clip, like I was like on Tumblr or something great, like so far back and so deep in the cut. And I cannot remember where it was, but it essentially was like at some point in your adolescence, you get like knocked down from your enthusiasm, from your passion. Yep. Whether that's like something a sport you're into playing that you failed at in, in an instance or a, a making music or your sexuality, even like right. some, something that's in your, in your core that you're passionate about something it, important you feel. To you. and someone when you're at a very vulnerable age takes it from you yep. or crushes it or crushes your enthusiasm. And yep. then from that point on, you're afraid to show it. Yeah. Some people can never recover <laughs> from that. Yeah. Some people it was taken or it was beaten down so so viciously. Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's, you're just knocked down, you can get back up. And you don't get the opportunity to get back. Some people don't get that opportunity. Some people can you know? never recover, a, and a lot of people. poor, you know what I mean? Or you're like, you're, you don't have the access to the education to get that opportunity to realize that's what happened to me. How do I recover from this and find that confidence again or find that passion again? And uh, But yeah, think about sad, it, man. Think about the person, right, that person, there's multi, multiple examples, I'm sure, people out there that, that could relate to that, but that don't get to go to therapy every week, right. that don't get to work through, uh, to go back and look at experiences from the past that have shaped their present experience, mm -hmm. right? So how I look at the reality around me right now, my past shaped that somehow. Yeah. But I can go back and I can work on those injuries. Someone knocked me down. Think about the person that is at your show, whether it's the older guy or the younger kid. Mm -hmm. And this music is the only outlet they have at that time to express a bunch of emotions they don't quite understand, or maybe they, they're like, I don't know why I'm so pissed off all the time. Well, I'll tell you why. I don't either, <laughs> but it's likely something that happened to you a long time ago. Yeah. And that you haven't worked on. Yeah. And that you haven't even addressed and you haven't even come to terms with. Likely, if you're depressed or you're pissed off all the time, it's likely something from the past. It's not the present. So whatever you think the problem is in the present, that's not it. Go back, do some excavating, figure out what happened, and you'll likely get to the root cause of your present affliction. And it's like it's like the back pain thing. It like it's a cycle though. Yeah. Like some people just get used to it. They don't even realize that it's a problem. That like that's what's holding them back, maybe in their job or in their hobby or whatever. 
because they don't even know why they are the or feel the way they feel because even a hundred percent but even in now where where people where we have i think normalized the conversation or the idea that we all have mental health yeah we all have it we all have our mental health we have to look after it but it's still not quite in in some places and certainly some people coming to terms with the idea that you you need to go and do some work you're like it, it's normal for me to go like man i still have some work to do on that yeah like i still haven't gotten all the way there yet like my self-esteem or my self-love i'm still working on that part i gotta do some work on it right and i go to therapy and i do my work and some of it sometimes i progress faster or sometimes i progress slower yeah sometimes i'm like i don't even want to deal with that today but there are people who've not even started the work and they're older and they haven't had the opportunity either it's maybe it's financial or maybe it's just not accepted in right and their upbringing or family their families or like, what's that mean it means you have a problem with yeah. us and you're it like means nah. you're a pussy <laughs> yeah or whatever <laughs> you know? whatever the the conclusion is drawn on yeah. like the guy who may be a like outwardly looking tough guy who is expected to just deal with it and not be depressed now or, put that guy on the internet anonymously <laughs> and put him on anonymously and like like you know? let him loose or or the person who's who who's who hasn't been given a lot of support around their physical health maybe they have uh maybe they have a weight problems or maybe they have a a, a bad relationship with exercise whatever it is like and then instead of people lifting them up supporting them and and like and being like these loving supportive people they're expected to just toughen up and just not talk about it and just get on with life and be you know it or they're or they're just a, a failure that person's just about like a failure and 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 so they'll never get it together but all of it stems from our relationship we have with ourself which is formed in those early years with the people who knock us down or lift us up and I was lucky because I had a brother who always lifted me up. So even though I didn't have as much support um, early on from like parental figures who were always supporting me, they they really weren't. They they couldn't. I don't think they had the the toolbox to deal with what they were dealing with in their failed relationship and all the turmoil they had. My mom and dad, I think they had so much turmoil all the time. Um, they didn't have a lot to give the kids, but the kids we all supported each other. And we ended up with this great support group that we're still super close. And I think about like, when I think about who are the reason, like I had the confidence to go into the world and try to do something. Oh, my brothers and my sister. Just like always like, yeah, you can do it. But like lots of people don't have that person. Right. And the idea that those people are in the crowd at our show. And they are. That's never lost on me. Yeah, that, that to me has become so important in like remembering that when it comes to taking the show serious, taking my body serious, which inevitably affects me taking the show serious, yep. or my mental health serious, which affects me taking the show serious or my job serious. And what you're saying in the songs. And remembering that those people are there, like for example, stopping the show because of a disagreement. I don't want to like assume what happened and then be the reason like maybe this guy has been fighting for his sobriety for two years and then like, I take a side and I like clown on him on stage and then he's he's viral on TikTok the next day and then I'm you, the reason that he drinks that drink again or something you know it's such an extreme hypothetical yeah but that but the, no that's but, not extreme though dude but it's I, like I, I think you know? you're right I think that not enough people think about the power they have up there yeah and and actually just accept it right. I'm not saying like you need to like like walk around 
like I know it's a weird word to use, but when you're on stage, you have influence. Yeah. And you have some power. Absolutely. And if you're not thoughtful like that, which most people I think aren't. Yeah. I think they make it about them. Oh, it's and, easy to get lost in that. You know, I think I think the same thing. I think it just happened with like Haley Williams at a show and then she like got the full story or something afterwards. I could be misremembering it. And then like she apologized to the people that she yelled at in the crowd. I don't really fully remember what happened or if it was justified, whatever, who's to say what's justified, but. But we've all done it. But that's a thought I've had as like a performer when I, when I have to stop a show over a disagreement and two people are yelling what happened and the other two people are yelling what happened and yeah. I, they want me to pick a side or something. And I, no sides. that's not me. That's not no. my job. It's no. not my job to like be the reason you're like getting clowned on on the internet for two days by a bunch of people that you don't know. You know what I mean? Cause like yeah. that sucks. It's responsible, dude. Yeah. It's being responsible. And it's but like, we've... it's not hard, dude. I've, I've seen like front men try to be like hard on stage no. and like kicking someone out of the show. It's like, dude, you, you're safe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, but it's but it's it's a when you're up there, you you have control, power, and influence. Yeah, and I was talking about this with someone the other day because they had to deal with some person that was uh, basically taking advantage of their position. Uh, it was like someone at a, at a desk who was in control of of something ha happening or not, and they were. It felt like they were really relishing that position in that moment of like being able to make to punish this other person i think that like what we have to understand about human nature and accept is that we are always going to come in contact with people that have some form of power over us in some position um along the way so whether it's at the dmv or it's at the airport or wherever we're going we, we're, we're moving through checkpoints and we're dealing with people at those checkpoints that have some power and the ability to to slow us down or speed us up, mm -hmm. and that human nature is sometimes to abuse power. Right. Um, and I think it comes from feeling powerless in other areas of your life, which is where if I behave that way, if I ever get into a moment like, why did I just fucking say that to that guy, or why did I do that? And I was it, an obvious moment where I feel like if I I try to analyze, do I ever power trip in any position that I may have some power over yeah. any. You know, even over your fucking kids or whatever. Right. Like, I try to analyze myself because I don't want to do that. But I know that if we feel powerless in other areas of our life, we will abuse the power we have in other areas. Right. So balance, like we keep talking about balance. Yeah. Balance is key. And on stage, it's the same thing. You have some power and influence up there that you have to respect it can be abused yeah and you can it's a drug you can use it like a drug you can also use it and for good things you can help people and that's when i think the energy is directed at the right thing it's helpful when it's directed at the wrong thing it's it's not helpful but i think that's interesting you say that because i've never actually heard anyone talk about that and it's so real and most people i think well i feel like it's a new thing like with the, the way the culture is evolving in social media like i I do, I deviate even a little bit from the show and it's like an event, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, I, from like a marketing standpoint, that's good, you yeah. know, like, but at the same time, like I'm so interested in like people and like life and like, like philosophy and shit like that. Yeah. that I like, I feel like I'm almost always like observing a human, like a social experiment in my head. You kind of are though. You know, and yeah. it's so strange, like being in this entity or whatever you want to call it that is a banner that is bad omens and like kind of seeing this like little 
micro community form and take place and start their own little, you know, factions and stuff. And it's like, it's just wild, man. Like it's just, it's just music, it's just songs, bro. What's your favorite part about Bad Omens right now? Current, like right now, right now, like today, yeah, making music, making music because we have we have three months off technically. Yeah. We, we we're we're back out at the end of August, I think. And this three months window of like this summer has just been like the light at the end of the tunnel for the past like eight or nine months right. because we've just been touring so much and we haven't had enough time at home in between tours for me to write and also live a focus little. or prepare for the next tour because every tour like takes so much preparation, especially overseas. And again, like I'm still very hands-on and all that stuff. So this summer we just had more time and I've been, I've been like, full of creative energy and writing so much stuff, some weird stuff, some stuff I'll probably never use, like stuff for new music for our band. And uh, yeah, I'm just like, I just satisfied, just happy with my with myself and what I'm making. And I like, historically, it's been, writing has been hard for me. And I have like, if I have a whole writing day in the studio and I don't make anything I like, I feel like the whole day was wasted or like I, don't deserve this or i'm not i lost it whatever it was or yeah, something. Yeah. if i'm not if i'm not writing a hit every day like anyone has ever done that you know yeah. and i'm getting better at identifying now that it's happened like album after album that that's uh just not how it works and there's that's not how there's works. gonna be days where you just write fucking ass some like lame song you know and so but sometimes <laughs> you gotta trust like the universal process yeah. Of like, I needed to do that, whatever for that day to get to the next day where I might might be writing something yeah. that I really feel is important. But maybe the thing that I don't think is that important actually ends up being more important than I think. Mm -hmm. And so I can't judge it at the time. Um, you know, you know what you know, but at the end of the day, like it, the process of of making art and feeling like when to lean in, when to lean out, like when to stop, when to take when to go and clear your mind and go, you know what? I'm going to go for three days and go uh, sit on the beach for three days and just yeah. stare into nothing. Well, I used to equate it to losing. Yeah. If I didn't write like a super cool song in one right. day, I would felt like I lost. So now I'm just like getting better at uh, not feeling that way. Like just yeah. accepting, accepting the L I guess at the end of the day that I didn't write a, a dope song and just being like, try again tomorrow. Didn't catch a fish, you know? And like, maybe whatever I started today will manifest into that. And that's happened so many times now that that's why I'm trying to remember that and like remind myself, like, this is how art is made. Like the other night I saw a movie. I really love past lives. It's like a, uh, a Korean like romance thing. Uh, and I went home and like, just wrote like almost movie score that for it like just motions movie inspired instrumentally and then i started singing over it and i was like this was not supposed to have vocals i was just like writing like a piece you know and then like wrote like this amazing hook that i loved and so i like again i rebuilt the instrumental to feel less like score and more like a song i'd want to hear under the vocals and then you know it was it's turned into an awesome song but that night i felt like i lost because I just wrote some like dumb 30 second instrumental thing after I saw a movie and I was like, I'm never going to use this. Who knows? And then the next day I was like, I'm going to try singing over this. And it just, for whatever reason, the the chords and the melody just inspired me to write my own melody. And cause I wrote, I write really vocal heavy. Like that's kind of my focus is making a really amazing lyric or melody. That's then, why they're good. And then rebuilding around under that. Yep. Cause I think that's the most important part and less people give that the credit it deserves. But yeah, I mean, unless you're a band that's like, 
really guitar centered or instrumental or something i feel like like if you're a rock band or you're trying to write hooks like you gotta the vocal is so important that's why that's why we like to engineer and produce too like you know because i can do 100 takes and pick my favorite one or build my favorite one you know i think that's just incredible i i think i think bad omens is one of the most interesting bands of our time i think you guys are <laughs> i think you guys are doing the that's most crazy. i think you're making really relevant records that are 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 accessible yeah like i love your records because they have all the stuff i want to hear on a record yeah it doesn't feel pretentious it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard but it's not basic it's got depth it's got skill you can hear the musicianship in the record you can hear the the ability in the record you can hear the songwriting ability in the record but it's still i still need a chorus on a song i need a big chorus that i can sing along to yeah and with relatable with things i can relate to so you guys are hitting all the things that i love in in music but i also think that like the way you guys operate is just different from most bands and i think that you you guys are a great example of what's possible uh for for bands uh, to achieve at a high level but also like you built all that on your own and i think that that's a perfect example of like what what's possible for a band and i i'm like excited for the next record i think it's going to be even better there's a very small window where I was like, I don't, how are we going to beat this? Cause like the death of peace of mind, like it just, it felt so perfect when it was finished. And like, obviously everyone loved it and it did, it's done really well. I guess it's still doing well. There's still people finding out about the band. It's still so, doing well, like, but like, I get it. To me, it feels like we're at the end of the cycle because it's I like, get it. I've heard it for like it, no, years it's still, now. It's, it's new you know? to a lot of people that, and you'll just, you'll, you'll have to get used to that idea that like, <laughs> there's a whole new wave of people that like yeah. your band for the first time. Yeah. That's what, that's going to continue to happen. But that's why I get so excited because there's going to be an appetite for the next record. That's really exciting. And really I think fresh. you guys are going to be hungry to make it. We are. Yeah. yeah. Even if it takes a long time, like I, it's, it, I have to love it just like I did with the death totally. of mine, you know, and if, however and long if that takes. I love it, if it takes me three years to figure it out until I love it or four years, even like, that's how long they're or gonna, two. they're going to wait or two, maybe, <laughs> or two. <laughs> maybe we took one and a half. I just, you know, I, I, I'm excited for that. I, and I've been, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I've played out the record, but I've played it so much. <laughs> um, and I still listen to it. Um, uh, but I'm excited now when I get to hear that whole record, when I get to put that record on and just like, uh, I think it's going to be great. I'm excited for you guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Dude, thanks for having me. This was awesome. Great. It's awesome talking. All right, Noah. Yep. Thanks, bro. No bad times. I don't want all right thank you for checking out artist friendly hope you guys enjoyed this episode we'll see you next time this car only take premium gas i love my engine i'm not smoking on gas i'm smoking on piff that's my kind i don't want no bad times i don't